This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. So I wouldn't describe it as like a stabbing pain. Okay, so it's a like what a pain then? No, it's like a throbbing pain, okay. but it's but it's in my pants. In your pants. What's up, truth seekers, and welcome to the FBI basement, the podcast where we watch and review every single episode of the hit '90s sci-fi series, The X Files, and we do it uh, with a light uh, finish of balsamic vinaigrette. Hmm. I, I just want the shrimp. I, can, can I get the shrimp, please? Shrimp cocktail? Okay. Yes. Serving up to you today from our special menu, we have an episode where residents of a godforsaken small town are cowed by a man of limited intelligence who can still bring the thunder. So this is basically how we elect the mayors in my hometown, right? Like, like whoever can channel the... Yeah, who is in charge of the... Th- Lightning. I'm Todd. Uh, I am joined, as always, by our panel of kooks, conspiracy theorists, and nut jobs. That's me. Hate uh, you. Yeah, you you nut all the time, and this is no nut November, so you shouldn't be nut. We this podcast does not condone no nut November. I thought we already established that the other day. We are collectively the FBI basement, and uh, separately, one of us is the writer, con lurker. And uh, eater of cheese sandwiches, Shannon. I did have a cheese sandwich today. It was really good. Coming at us also is the artist. Uh, Formerly known. Jesus Butler Rhodey. <laughs> Professional frightening. <laughs> and the father of my child. <laughs> and the professional frightener Marissa, she is vengeance Marissa, how you doing i am batman and i do i do art as well and she is the father of my child all right, is, all right. Of and finally our producer he is a narrator and a raconteur and a uh, all-around swell guy and the Shaw of the Medicinal Mass Network. And is wanted in five states and questioning of some very shady things. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. uh, now uh, the narrator of your love life, Valentine. No, not November. No, Dick December. No, Jizz January. <laughs> we, we do not condone any of those what about, things What here. about uh, no fuck February? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, then how are we going to get through February? Only what way about, you do it is by fucking. How about no oral October? <laughs> oh my god, you guys are just ruining everything. So let's ruin this episode of the X Files. Incels came up with these things. <laughs> no muff march. I shall not. I shall not hunk pun. That's what the. I shall not hunk my pun. That's what the SJWs want. You Actually, shall we. Not fap. Okay, so speaking as an SJW, uh, what we really want is uh, pumpkin spice lattes, uh, equal rights for all genders, races, creeds, and uh, colors, and, you know, equal pay, and a decent vegan alternative to veggie burgers. Hey, what? that goes too far. I'm taking a pivot to the right here, folks. Today, uh, we are reviewing the episode DPO. It's a... Uh, Originally aired on October 6, 1995. It is the third episode of the third season, and it was written by Howard Gordon. And he was a third son of a third son. Directed by Kim Manners, who I always thought was an advice columnist. Dear Kim Manners. <laughs> Dear Kim Manners. 
I shouldn't make fun. This is one of the few female directors. Ken Manners is not female. That's a dude. Okay, cut that then. (laughs) (laughs) You leave it in? (laughs) Uh, Before we get to the recap today... Also, wait, we've got we got to point out some guest stars. Oh, we do have some very uh, famous that guy and that thing uh, moments here with DPO. That is correct. You are correct, sir. The the, the namesake of the episode, Darren Peter Oswald, uh, uh, is played by Giovanni Recibi. Yeah, Giovanni Recibi, who uh, is uh, as Phoebe's of brother. late hmm? Phoebe's brother. Phoebe's brother, who yes, who is Phoebe's brother, and as of late has been on a fun show called Sneaky Pete, which is apparently really well-reviewed and really well-liked on the Amazons. And uh, maybe involved in a weird cult. Uh, He is a second-generation Scientologist. Yeah, he was born into it. Yeah, but he's probably spent several hundreds of thousands of dollars to have alien ghosts removed from his body. Yeah, he is... We should maybe get it out of the way now, but we will discuss it later. Because uh, I've done a lot of research on the Bridge of Total Freedom uh, to find out at what level you can do the shit he does in this episode. But as of late, yeah, he is the star of Sneaky Pete, which is very well-reviewed and a critical success. He's also been one of the most vocal opponents to Leah Remini and the Scientology in the Aftermath series. Okay, hold on. We need to we need to have a quick um, uh, production meeting here, guys. Just Just before we keep going... Would it actually kind of help our uh, brand if we were all labeled suppressive persons? I think it. But don't even question that, that because, like, not talking about it is what causes these things to get out of hand. So don't let something like that cause that kind of fear. Like, I understand, and I'm scared too. So, (laughs) but I'm. We're going. We're going for it, folks. We've already we're said Zenya was here, and we all make fun of Scientology. So all right, we're going for it, people. You know, L. Ron, L. Ron Hubbard, L. Ron Hubbard was impotent. Well, I feel like if we're going to be completely suppressive, I don't want to call him L. Ron Hubbard. I would like to call him by his first name, Lafayette. Okay, <laughs> Parsons for life. And uh, he he murdered Jack Parsons, but. Uh, we will get into it. That is actually, it is really something I did some research on. But yeah, uh, Giovanni Recibi has also been a major uh, opponent, along with Kirstie Alley against Leah Remini when she started speaking out about the Church of Scientology. And also, there is an amazingly young fellow here by the name of Jackson Black. I don't actually think that's his first name. I'm just making shit up now. Uh, Jack Black is in this yeah, and in his uh, pre-tenacious d days before what was, this is you know it's really funny though it's before the band and before the character in biodome i think biodome is 1996 as is the cable guy and mars attacks so he did the x-files in 95 so yes you're correct this is before biodome but the really fun thing is that we're not there yet but when we get to pusher because Jack Black was in this episode and had a substantial role, he was able to get his best friend in the world at the time, who is not Jables, a cameo appearance in his favorite show. Long-standing just run of songs on the soundtracks. Some guy named David Grohl. So, before we get to the recap of this fine episode, I would like to remind you all that... 
the FBI basement comes to you. Every episode is free. It costs nothing to you. For us, it costs blood, sweat, tears, other fluids. Uh, we he came on this episode, guys. Microphones. Uh, we... mail. <laughs> Are we getting hate mail? That's exciting. <laughs> I'm fucking excited now. <laughs> uh, but we do it because it is a labor of love. However, we can use some help if you want. If you want to toss us a couple, uh, toss us a little cheese. And to that end, we bring you the FBI Basement Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com/slash FBI Basement, or go to the Medicinal Mass website and find a Patreon link, or find it in the show notes. Just swipe up if you're using Apple or um uh, Android. Or if you're broke, you can always also uh do something nice like give us a five star review because uh if you like our show there are other people who will like it too and we would love for them to find us and the only way they can do it is if we have some exposure tell your friends tell your family tell your mama tell your papa tell your uh favorite facebook x-files page post it on the x-files subreddit that'd be great uh good old reddit <laughs> and uh yeah but once again like you know, uh, you know, like uh, I will put it on my MySpace profile. Send us those, uh, yeah. Send us the, uh, yeah. Uh, send us those good five star. Uh, my friendster, and, and and share us to the people you think would love to hear us. Donate if you can, because there's multiple levels of um uh, of uh, donations that you extra goodies and stuff like that, and some and, and like extra episodes, a few other projects that we're working on, some special art, some videos. Uh, and uh, access to our Discord channel. Yeah, I have nothing to give, so I will play my drum. Bum, bum, bum. Sorry, it's too soon. Too soon. And um, uh, but still, every episode will come to you free, uh, because we are not like Scientology. Not yet. Not yet. Oh God, I wish I had their money and their numbers. Oh my God. Oh my God. But uh, now let's get into the episode, folks. Shall we? Shall we? We open in the strip mall in the middle of a godforsaken town in bumfuck USA. So basically they open on me at the mall in like the 90s. This is pretty much me at the mall in the 90s. At a video arcade, which is, you know, these used to be places... Before you see, kids. before there was a screen in everybody's pocket, you had to go to the arcade and pump quarters into these machines. Oh my god! Now you just pump microtransactions onto you, uh, onto your um uh, thing because you're a freaking whale and you're spending all your parents' money <laughs> to buy a you know fresh new skins for night. What was your neighborhood arcade? Uh, mine was mine was in a, in the mall. It was called Mindboggle. I don't know if it ever had ours ever had a name. I just Kate because it's a very small town. Like we only had one. We only had one of everything. So well, there used to be another one, right? That your brother went to. Yeah, that that was the one at the dirt mall and dirt mall. No, that was the only one for like ever at the dirt mall, and then they moved it up to the other dirt mall. Marissa, do you have a have an arcade? I think the closest thing we had was this Namco. Was a video game. Store, but I think it also had uh, cabinets in it. If I remember no. correctly. Yeah, mine was in the mall too. It was Aladdin's castle. You know what that? You know what I realized that that arcade is fucking missing though. I'm sure we'll get into it. 
You know what's not in that arcade? Air hockey. A motherfucking Area 51 machine. Hey, you're right. Also, air hockey. Uh, oh, my God. Area 51. Todd will know that I, I nearly killed a child uh, on my lunch break when I was working in, at my internship because he wanted the Area 51 machine. <laughs> that game is so good. And then when you get the shotgun, you just fuck shit up. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, uh, at this particular strip mall, um, uh, the fair is uh, inclusive pretty fair lineup of games that i recall from the 80s and 90s but uh we focus in on virtua fighter 2 hey do you remember that like you and i have <laughs> memories of that game though right hey, there was a machine in the student center yeah like the student center that i worked in undergrad <laughs> had that machine and um this one right val yeah i've played virtua yeah. i think it was on playstation though i don't think i ever did the arcade I remember this because the there is a fighter on that who swears in Chinese, and it made me giggle. There's um, a the fighting games were sort of like so, an interesting phenomena in arcades because like it was almost like it, it this is where you publicly displayed your your power if you were you know the kind of guy that did that couldn't actually get away with punching somebody. I think it was 1992 is the first time I played a video or an arcade game. It was Mortal Kombat. Oh my God, Mortal Kombat. At a truck stop, my dad showed it to me and then I fell in love with Scorpion. Yes. Get, Get over, over here. here. <laughs> oh God. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> and uh, the game is being played by a pizza delivery dude often named Jack. And uh, when Darren Peter Oswalt, a.k.a. Wonder Boy, Wonder comes, comes to demand his turn at the machine. The Jack uh, very rudely rebuffs him. As things begin to begin to come to a boil, they are joined by young Nasty Man, arch rival to Wonder Boy, with powers comparable to Wonder Boy. Except he doesn't really. No, it's Zero, played by Jack Black. He's the arcade clerk. The arcade clerk and. Uh, Little and good and uh, Darren's best friend. <laughs> he warns uh, Jack. He warns Jack. You know, you may not want to um, uh, test this guy. It, you don't want to test him. He may pass. Like, and suddenly Jack leaves, seemingly not in control of his body. He gets out and goes to his car, where he is suddenly killed by a strange electrical surge. <sighs> Back in the arcade. Zero holds out a token to Darren. Where's it? I don't. You know what? It's the 90s. It's, it's probably a token. It's a token. It's a token. He says, Darren, a zero for the record. Opening theme. the theme is done, uh, we join Scully already in the middle of an autopsy. She's so excited to get back to business as usual after all that, like, myth arc bullshit. The county coroner and Johnston County Sheriff John Teller watches. And John Teller is the latest in the long line of uncooperative local law enforcement. 
Like at some point, we need to just put on like our Facebook page, like a goddamn like X Files bingo <laughs> thing. Like I will, like I will get the onto that this week at some point. Like X Files bingo. Like <sighs> I want to point out throughout this whole episode, this guy's this not, guy is obnoxiously unhelpful. This, guy is not, unhelpful. Like the, this not, guy is not like the one who is hiding the chemicals being put into the into the food in red museum this is not like the guy who it's not like the cannibal yeah and like this guy is literally hiding nothing he loses nothing by having Mulder and scully snoop around in his his quiet you know pissant little town and and still he he just gives them nothing but the business for this whole episode and why is he just a dick I know people that act exactly like this guy and they can't shoot lightning out of their body. Oh no, someone guys, guys, I I good news. I don't have to make it. But yeah, it's like oh my god, this guy is like just an asshole for no reason. I probably could actually make this better. So But this is apparently the latest in a in a series of strange electrocution deaths. Teller asserts that there's nothing unusual about this because the nearby uh, lightning observatory on Route 4 has about a hundred lightning rods designed very specifically to stimulate lightning. But um, uh, that doesn't explain why the lightning is only striking 17 to 21-year-old males. The chads. They're they're striking all the chads, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, since the time of death was recorded after Jack quit work was going to be the video game arcade uh they stop by and uh visit questioning zero for and asked you've seen hammond and zero says nope didn't see him no one was here last night and uh is this been smoking a joint right there just no nah. <laughs> what bro <laughs> so basically jack black is playing his character in like high fidelity here this is kind of this is kind of literally like he needs to be talking about Mezzanine being one of the greatest albums of all time. And then like um, playing like, you know, God, I don't know who did Walking on Sunshine and talking about how this is Monday and it's a rainy mood mix and we get to choose and it's not sad bastard music day. Like this is basically what I get from the scene. Well, actually, uh, he pretty much cracks rather quickly because, you know, he doesn't. Because Zero probably doesn't see that many women as hot Dana Scully. (laughs) And uh, Mulder realizes someone definitely was at this place at 11.41pm because he sees a timestamp of the Virtua Fighter 2 machine and the initials DPO. Which I have never... I've never seen a high scoreless timestamp before. I don't even think Virtua Fighter does that. Also, you know, I think if you have the highest score there, I'm just not going to put my initials. I'm literally going to put S-E-X, which is what I put every time I played Virtua Fighter. Get the the high thing, put (laughs) A-S-S. No, I put S-E-X because I was, you know, Sexy Shannon, the the Virtua Fighter master. Someone called me that. I can't remember what the machine was. (laughs) But it was in a... uh, convenience store or something it was run by a uh, Palestinian man and his family. I always go in and I play and I'd notice that the, um, uh, the, the initials that were most prominent on that uh, screen 
PLO. So those guys were very committed to their to their homeland. Oh no, no. And uh, Mulder also notices the DPO initials, which match the initials of the only known survivor of the recent lightning strikes. Huh. Which means he was right there at the time of the incident of Jack's death. Hey, hey, who says video games never solved anything, huh? I don't have anything on this. No, this that's not going anywhere. Please go. We see Darren again working hard at Kivit Auto Shop. Uh, when he sees a pair of legs in some uh, mighty high heels walking out from the thing, he slides out from under the car to see uh, to see Sharon Kivit, his former teacher and the wife of his current boss. And let me tell you something. He's got it bad, got it bad, got it bad. He's, He's hot, hot for teacher. teacher. See, I was going to make the same joke, but you beat me to it, and I hate you. She kind of looks like Miss Davis from Friday Night Lights, doesn't she? Is that the... I've never seen Friday Night Lights. Are you thinking Varsity Blues? Varsity Blues, yeah, okay. I, mean, I feel like there they're the same... about football. About footballs. Okay, so Friday Night Lights was a beloved series. And Varsity Blues was basically the thing that all of us yelled at each other because we thought that acting was so funny. I don't want to laugh. I was going to say that. That's the only thing I know of it. It's the only thing I remember from that. I mean, like, I know that there's like the weird, like, mid cream thing, but the literally only thing I can remember from that <laughs> is I don't want your laugh. And that's all I remember. She is very uncomfortable with advances. Um, uh, but you know, it, I would be uncomfortable too. Like this is, like okay, please. I am uncomfortable every time I walk into a garage, and I am pretty confident the guy who works on our vehicle is gay. Frank comes back though from a, from a towing job to save his wife from awkward. And Mulder and Scully arrive to do question Darren about his uh, lightning strike and the and the ensuing strike on Jack Hammond. They, they question Darren, and it soon becomes quite apparent that Darren is not what you would call the brightest crayon in the box. No, I, he's I have... not the sharpest chunk of sharpest hunk of check. He is uh, a few uh, standard deviations below the norm. He is. Uh, Should one of us do it as if we were Joe Kenda? He was. He has been spared the ravages of intelligence. He's a little bit slow. He is uncomfortably slow. Like, I knew people. I'm sure we all knew people like this. But he kind of vaguely reminds me of the guy who pulled me up by my shirt collar and told me I was too goddamn smart and I needed to watch my mouth. He... <laughs> And it makes me really uncomfortable. I really would. I'm really uncomfortable discussing that with you. But yeah, no, that that's my way. Literally from my one man show. High school is a shit show. Don't make me go back that I will be performing live at my high school in the auditorium uh, at some point in the near future. And uh, during the questioning, Mulder's cell phone seriously begins to eat and melt. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so it's uh, 94. So he's got a Note 7? Yeah, he's pretty Samsung much. Samsung Note 7. <laughs> Do you remember when, like, your cell phone, like, before you could, like, when you could take cell phones apart? Like, do you remember when, like, cell phone batteries would just, like, swell and explode because... Oh, they still do it. They still do it, but it's like, do you remember, like, the, what, like that would happen with phones like that because we were not very good at engineering them at the time. Like, my mom went, like, through two or three phones because of that, and, I, like, it, you could just... And it doesn't take much. You could, like, if you leave your cell phone out in the in the hot sun... On, you know, like in a July and like, you know, here in this part of the world, that would make your phone overheat and melt. It's hilarious. Now, we then see Darren back at his home. And if you wonder what kind of life has, it ain't a very good one. It's like the it's like he has one of the moms from like uh, Stephen King's It. Mom is basically a couch potato just focusing on TV. The, the In fact, she might actually her son if her son but her son can change the tv seems to be able to change the tv without any kind of remote or touching the knob which i don't it was how will you explain that to me there was a it was a knob tv it it wasn't like yeah it doesn't actually yeah i it wasn't digital (laughs) yeah i would like someone to explain to me how he is able to do that with like you know raiden count dooku powers will someone please explain that to me yeah, the problem is I'm all down for him doing it to a digital TV, but the dial on that kind of TV was analog. Like it, yeah, it's not like you can just digitally change. Like it's there's mechanical connections that are changed when you turn the dial. It's silly. That's that's the hill I die on. Zero comes by, comes by, but but Darren is pissed off and looking to blow off a little steam. Darren. Kind of wants them not to do it, but they head into the cow pasture next. I kind of, you know what? If I had lightning powers and I lived in a shithole town, I would kill all the cows. Just take out all your frustrations on the livestock? I probably wouldn't because I'm really too nice to animals. I probably would start killing people, actually. We are recording this, you know. (laughs) I mean, we are halfway there. We do live in a shithole town. So all I need is like Raiden Count Dooku powers. I guess that means I have to go back to studying the Force. He's look. He's hungry for. A, he says he's hungry for a little barbecue, and he looks to the sky and says, "Come to me, talk to me, baby." Really, you know, exper- expressing more confidence than really seen with him outside of the front of a video game box. Well, this this is the indication of a sociopath, right? That generally they have a difficult time interacting with human beings, but given to a point where they have control, authority, and power, they have immense confidence. And oh man, course, you just described every every uh, stand-up comic. I swear to God, <laughs> lightning yeah. comes down from the sky and strikes Darren, which they actually managed through a kind of uh, through a neat little effect where they had him stood on like a raised rubber platform. And they actually had like a like a device that produced the light. Yeah, it's kind of like a like it's almost like a Tesla thing. It's like almost it, like a Tesla it was, coil. It was pretty cool effects. And real, you know, it's real a, life effects, you know. Yeah. yeah, a practical lightning. Yeah, he and Zero called a night, and they head back because ain't nothing open after that. <laughs> no, I mean it, I know this town. Everything shut down at eight. 
the only thing open is like the family dollar and they're going to close in an hour. And the, the fuck are you going to do with a family dollar? You're just going to get kicked out. Like, no, it ain't no fun there. I feel like I'm getting really triggered by this episode for reasons I didn't know. Tell you what, the fun is back in that cow field. All they need to do is go check over some of those uh, cow pies and see if there's <laughs> any uh, magic growing. That is true. Well, uh, Mulder, Scully, and Sheriff Teller are at the field where the where the lightning act had been previously been, and there are three dead cows being towed. You know Mulder restocks every time they go there to a place like that. Well, we established that in season two, Mulder was on drugs for the entirety of it, so why would this season be different? Really pushing the lightning the lightning narrative, he shows off a fulgurite. A fulgurite. Fulgurite. Say it with me. Fulgurite. Which is a place where lightning has struck and fused uh, sandy soil into glass. Hey, you know who's really quiet during this scene? Scully. You know why that's really fucking weird? Because they've had this conversation before. They've had this exact conversation in Conduit. That's right, because... I did. You know what? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what you see during the you know you, you know what um uh, one of the telltale signs of you are fulgurites. Do you know what we don't talk about in this episode? Lots of shit, lots of weird shit that just is inconsistent. But go on. Well, the sheriff seems that seems that to think that this should declare the investigation over and done with. Mulder thinks there may be a little bit more something to this as he raises the fulgurite up. This shows Scully a footprint, a a shoe print inside the fulgurite. Which that no, that's not how that works. But Bigfoot titties. <clears throat> Scully finds the footprint is made from a size eight to twelve, eight and a half standard military boot, with traces of antifreeze, which would indicate. That they, they have a car that's leaking and they really should maybe get it checked out. Or they've walked across any driveway ever. Or maybe it was the auto mechanic. Or maybe the guy who created the Fulgurite is drinking antifreeze, which is why he's fucking stupid. Need those electrolytes. Anyway. Plants need electrolytes. Because he lives in a boring ass town where there's nothing to do, Darren is uh, hanging out uh, hanging out at, at, a, at an intersection and messing with traffic lights. Again, this is exactly what I would do in this town. Like, this is probably why I need to not study the force to get like the dark force powers because this is exactly what I would do. This also, scene right here is where I totally uh, totally bonded with this guy at heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if you've lived in a town like this, if you've lived in a shithole town powers this is exactly what you would be doing zero suggests hey maybe you've got these powers you should go to las vegas manipulate some of the um uh slot machines make a fortune and you know he's kind of got a point they can't really nail anything uh, uh, nail anything on him but darren will not leave without the company of his lady love miss despite the fact that she flunked him in his in her class and is generally creeped out by him yeah, yeah. The the agents are checking out uh, Darren's uh, the Oswald house. 
Sure enough, they do find an eight and a half inch boot and a clipped and a clipped picture of the uh, that seems to be the cutout yearbook space for Mrs. Kavit. Now, is this where it just gets really creepy? Back at the crossroads, the it, the a uh, wreck that he that Darren caused uh, summons a tow truck, and of course, it's his boss Frank, and he uses his power to manipulate to put um. Uh, Frank into cardiac arrest. Darren then heroically rescues Frank by defibrillating him with by hand man. while EMS is preoccupied with the spare the spare unit. This is where I was like, why why the fuck is he showing off that he's got this amazing power? When they ask how he did it, um uh, he says rescue nine one one. Flashback folks, this was a show that was hosted by uh William Shatner. I believe it was also on Ah, and one of the things they hammered home. No, sir, it was not. No, uh, Rescue Nine One One was a show that was on the CBS. It was very popular, where they were reenacting very dramatic Nine One One calls. This kids is what passed in the late eighties, early nineties as true crime. So while you're sitting there with your earbuds, eating your granola, listening to your cereal. Talking about how sad it is for an unanyed Syed. This is the shit that Grandma, late millennial, had to deal with. And I'm also going to go eat some granola and listen to cereal. And I, I just wish I had friends. The community hospital is is where Frank. The oh, by the way, they're also uh, developing a reboot of Rescue Nine One One. Everybody for 2019. It was hosted by Shatner. And will also, this will also be hosted by Shatner. Oh, good for him. Yes. Because God knows that asshole needs work. And also, uh, they're there. They learned that Darren was admitted here five months ago in a cardiac arrest after he was struck by lightning. And that the. So and was he struck by lightning walking down the street? Was he struck by something last night in his sleep? Is it a dead man's party? Who could ask for more? It turns out he has acute hypokalemia, an electrolyte imbalance of high sodium and low potassium. Holy shit, that does mean I can control lightning! Hold still, Todd! No, not feeling it. <clears throat> Mulder theorizes that, <clears throat> that somehow explains his ability to generate electricity. See? Okay, so... I have the same thing, but I can't, I can't generate lightning. get struck by Okay, so not because my liver is fucked. I have to be struck by lightning. Yeah, so uh, okay. with, your, with your luck, that'll happen any day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I yeah, you're right. All right, they questioned Darren at the Johnson jail. Nothing. Thinks zero is squealing. <gasps> they had 72 hours to hold to try to get Miss Kavit to press harassment charge, which should, which could keep him um, uh, under wraps while they investigate further and make sure no one else gets harmed. In theory. I guess if they put him inside a cell that's made of rubber. They're going to put them... He, they're literally going to put him in the cell they put Magneto in in the first expert. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to happen. They're going to put him in that cell. That's Jack, just, 
Jack Black has to seduce one of the guards and then inject him with uh, (laughs) with Alex shit after he gives him a BJ in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jack Black is Raven Darkhope as Mystique. Oh my god. (laughs) Master Exploder, though. (laughs) I'm delighted for days now. (laughs) And they want to get him, get Miss Kavit to press harassment charges, but she's been afraid to do so. The agents say that they can hold him 72 hours on suspicion of so uh so they'll be safe but unfort- but back at the jail sheriff Dick Pickle decides <laughs> that the case is weak and just lets Darren go. Sheriff because what? Dick Pickle. That's his name? No. Dick Dick Pickle? Sheriff Teller. But he's oh. being a dick pickle. Please. <laughs> he okay. lets- does he let the fucking kid go? Why? Why is he go. like this? <laughs> like, this is, like, you know, like, we've had to deal with uncooperative, like, law enforcement through this, and like, for, through, like, three seasons so far. And, like, every time they kind of make sense, like, you know. One of them's in on the deal. And one of them is in on it. One's a cannibal. One is protect, you know, like. You even have it in the pilot, but it's like they're, but you know, Someone's protecting. But Sheriff, Ma- yeah, like Detective Miles like. is protecting his son, and it's like, you know, you have all this shit. This guy is being a fucking cunt with a capital C for no reason apart from. She said this. I have one. I'm allowed to say it. Fine. Yeah. Would you like me to blood? Okay, fine. Blood spewing vagina. Is no, you can say every- cunt, and I can say because I'm saying the one with the K. Wait, we can say cunt now? Yay! That, yeah, that you and I can just, say that, it. That, that was just a- okay. Yeah, but it's like it's only recently allowed. But it's uh, like there's no reason for it, and it's like let's create conflict for no reason at all. The and because of this, you know, release, he immediately goes fucking kills Jack Black. Jack Black is dead. Just zaps him right there in the parking lot. He's he's dead. There's this, you know, artistic tableau shot from above where it's him in a splayed out handful of quarters. He's like, bro, I fucking did a BJ for you and injected him with the lead for you to get out, man. It's totally unjustified. And uh, thus, young nasty man killed Wonderboy. That's Wonderboy. Kyle. Mine bullets. Rig-a-goo-goo, rig-a-goo-goo. <laughs> cigarettes to be told. Uh, uh, trying to get Sharon to go with him, but Sharon doesn't want to leave Frank's side. Before Sharon could make a decision, the electricity goes, and Mulder and Scully realize that Oswald is in the building. <gasps> they draw their sidearm and prepare for the encounter at the elevator. They only find Zero's dead body. He has died so he can go on to better things and great stardom. Mulder and Scully then split up so Mulder sees some crazy paranoia shit that, that Scully will never know, uh, n- believe him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a standoff briefly as, he, as Darren approaches Sharon. Scully tells him, to, tells him to, to back off, but Sharon agrees to go with him just to keep, it, just to keep him uh, away from Frank, really. And thinking that she might be able to talk him down at this point. But, you know, at this point you're not going to be able to talk this guy down. He's a sociopath. He's not smart. He even he even brings up the idea of going to Las Vegas using his powers to get to to make them to make each, to, to make her rich buy her anything she wants, but uh, this little uh, lover 
interrupted by by Sheriff Teller. Why is he there? And of course, and of course Darren goes right over the edge and kills Teller before Mulder can shoot him. So, yeah, I, I'm going to just have to make, like, bingo. Or Darren then just falls into a lightning crime. Oh, we're back at the Oklahoma State Psychiatric. Scully tells Mulder that the court has ruled Teller's death accidental and by lightning, and the DA can't even begin to figure out how to prosecute a guy who's throwing lightning bolts. You put him in the you put him in the tournament for the Nether Realms. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, Raiden. Or if I've learned anything from uh, Pokemon, the way that, of course, that you are going to combat a lightning type Pokemon, water type. Yes, thank you. No, you can't fight the lightning with water. The the water ones like his weakness is lightning. You got to fight him with earth. Yeah, well, that way is lighting a exactly. yeah, yeah, like yeah, a rock type Pokemon. Come on, guys! <laughs> don't be pulling that. Don't be pulling that weak ass bullshit on me. Lightning. <laughs> you need physical against lightning. Pokemon. Wait, why is water type weak to grass? But because grass play. grows with water. But Wait. I do. Okay, electric <laughs> is super effective on water and lying. Psychic is weak. To bug, yes. Okay, they're right. They're I know I'm right. Don't I've don't even expo- don't even I've go been there. Exposed <laughs> for, my we- for my weakness about my weak knowledge about Pokemon. I'll, I'll get. I'll 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 own it. I'll own it. Are we saying he's a Pikachu? <laughs> but I do want to point out that I play. Okay, so yes, craft. So I'm throwing lightning bolts out every single day trying to protect Azeroth. Okay, so, yeah, no, no, to be fair. Yeah. To be fair. Electric is weak to ground. My mistake, everybody. You are correct. I'm sorry, everyone. I was wrong. Yes, you want to have a ground Pokemon, which means either either grass or earth or a rock to fight a lightning. Like, like an onyx or a diglet, you know. I'm just saying, yeah. I don't want you to get messed up when you go and like try and present your skills. I don't want you to get fucked up in the street, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, and it is super effective on water and fly. But it, in terms of X Files monsters, who's a ground Pokemon? Frohicky, <laughs> Tombs, <laughs> Tombs, Tombs, and there's one coming up I can't talk about because we're we're not allowed to talk about future episodes. No, we're not. I'm sorry. Mud people. Oh, God. That's... Oh, that one. Jesus Christ. Fuck. And he... And as the episode fades to black, Aaron sits inside his cell and stares at a TV screen to changing with, with the blinks of his eye. Well, we're all forced to listen to, like, one of the worst tracks by the Vandals. Why did they put him in a room with the TV to stare? It seems cruel. It's like... All they were missing was the uh, things to hold his eyes open. Like, what is the point of this? I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know. Um, we also didn't talk about the fact that the uh, arcade seemed to only have one game playing the entire goddamn time. That wasn't actually in there at all. Anyone else sit there and listen to like? Is that the grass level music for Sonic? That's the first one. You've been waiting to do this joke for weeks. I gotta ask you, since Giovanni received. What level of the uh, on the bridge to total freedom do you need to be? Well, when you are fully clear of Thetan, when you are got when you've gone completely clear, uh, you can actually use your OTs 
to at, when you're at a full clear. So basically, when you cross the bridge to freedom uh, of total freedom, you will be able to move mountains and shoot lightning. I'm not kidding. This is full MS, full mess, MSET. This is literally something that L. Ron Hubbard sold people on. I'm not making a fucking joke here. By the time that you are up to level eight, you're supposed to be able to be a telepath. Then you are also supposed to be able to control the elements. You don't fucking believe me? Go find a copy of Dianetics. Well, Shut so up you're and take my money. If I join Scientology, I'll be an X Men. Yes, but you will also have to give me hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then I'm going to teach you to yell at ashtrays. But first, hold these cans. We need to do some auditing here. When was the last time you fucked a dog? Well, shit, all I've got with my religion <laughs> is life eternal after I die in a place that... Your religion is weak. I'll all I've got is... ships and superpowers. <laughs> Didn't they just find a couple trailers stuffed full of those uh, Scientologists that were misbehaving badly and all the windows were boarded up and the only reason they were found is because the cop heard one of them that was yelling out of one of the windows? You know uh, what? That's actually no. what that was, yeah. Okay, David Valentine, is like pulling trailers? Yes. Valentine, what are your crimes? What are your crimes, <laughs> What are you afraid of? What are you you need to think of? about that, because by the time I come back here, I will find out what your crimes are. So what are your crimes, Valentine? <laughs> are you a squirrel? Which era? <laughs> no, we're going to go full miscavige on you. You're going to get... If you really want to hear just how crazy it is, just yeah, go to Hulu, watch the first two seasons of Leah Remini and After Scientology. They call them that suppressors. is uh, suppressive persons. Yeah. Like if 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 L if LRH was if if uh, Lafayette was if Lafayette was Lennon of Scientology, then David Miscavige is the stall. As well as the Hitler and uh, Joseph Tito. Yeah. This and Pinochet. Nuts. Uh, and whatever that guy is, who whatever the dude's name in the Philippines is, the the guy who is openly letting people murder folk. And this guy, uh, by the way, Giovanni Rossini, being a Scientologist, has been, of course, outspoken against the Remini, who has spoken against the Church. Um, she wrote a book about it. He, he was kind of a big deal in the acting circles, and I think that he is now. He's still kind of a big deal because he's, uh, he, like I said, he's in Sneaky Beat, which is. It's not bad. It's not a bad show. It's sort of like, oh god, whatever the Hulu show is with Jeffrey Donovan. It's like a really like meaner version of that. Well, still, this sort of goes to like a '90s trope where really talented actors were brought in to play people with retardation. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. This is the other thing that kind of. Yeah, he kind of goes full retard here, and that. Never go full retard. And to to quote another Jack Black movie, there. Yes. I mean, and and that's a real recent thing to actually bring in developmentally delayed actors with developmental delays. Like, you know, of course, you know, the best example is the uh, actress who played Nan. Glee. Uh, in, in, uh, Glee. Like, Ryan Murphy's really good about it. Jamie Beaver is just one of my absolute favorite actresses right now. Who She's an actress with Down Syndrome. Like and wasn't in, is not in Apocalypse, despite the fact that they brought back the coven. Like maybe this is. Wait a minute! Continued. Wait a minute! They nope. didn't. Yeah, they didn't sign her for nope. this season. No. Nope. What? Oh, they did. It's like me spoiling it without spoiling it. Oh god! No. Confused. I maybe. <clears throat> no, but I watch it. She, if you want to see her. <laughs> uh, this one was. 
it's for, right. it's forgettable. It's a forgettable episode. It's not the worst episode. But I, I think this this originally the, the the original the notes that I have for this is that um uh, the idea for this show just came from like a two word note written on a whiteboard in uh, Chris Carter's Chris Carter's office. office just said lightning boy. <laughs> so I, this I is, want it to have been spelled B O I, but I don't think they were doing it back. No, then. so this is kind of like if I go to my phone and go to my notes. My reminder note. Uh, so I, I, uh, I too have random story ideas, which is what is labeled in my notes. So this is like me going there and going to the I don't know something with a robot. Is that kind of like that's kind of exactly what that is? You know, that could be the start of great story. That could be a start of a story as good as episode three of, of season three of the X Files. I think what we're learning here is that this is kind of a consistent thing is like episode three of X-Files seasons are not typically great. Yeah, this was it. It, it Once again, it seemed like the sheriff was being obstructive and for no reason, for no goddamn reason. And it's sort of it's one of those. It's like is what what are his motivations? There are none. But it's like I, it, it's literally I'm smarter than you because I hang out with physicists all day it's like i it's like oh fancy schmancy fbi agents coming to my town thinking that these unexplained lightning strikes or anything there's really no reason for this like this is like in like this is incoherent uh well i thought they'd broach the subject of cattle mutilation in a very different way as in they didn't broach it at all and didn't even try to tie it to aliens yeah yeah marissa what do you got on this one the only way I could rationalize that guy tight about it is the fact that like he's not gonna immediately believe that they're accusing somebody of lightning or that lightning is anything other than just a phenomenon. That's the only thing, but these are how the people are done. So <laughs> he still and, like, has a pilot. like a serial killing. <laughs> it's just it's sort of a weird it's not quite there. Yeah, it's very lazy it's just like let's use the same thing we always do and just not even people are used to it now they're not going to question it well, they're going to see it back to that whole people don't rewatch things and maybe that's part of it and it's like i think it's also that you're this is like the myth arc hangover you this find is that this is what happens cleanser, right you need, hmm? a palate, you need a palate cleanser yeah this is what happens by the way solid myth arc episodes we when get you get it, yeah this is the thing this is kind of what makes myth arc really insufferable for me sometimes is that you have this really good, strong drive of myth arc. And then it's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, something with a robot, basically. Okay. Yeah, I like uh, I like this monster of the week, though. I mean... you Did you go to high school with this monster of the week? <laughs> I did. It's kind of nice to see how he ended up at the end, but... It's sort of, you know, I agree with you, because in a lot of ways, it's like going to my high school reunion without having to go to my high school reunion. Like, I, I see everyone I went to high school with. Like, you know, the stoner who's uh, operating the small business. Uh, the Chad who um, said mean, horrible shit to me and threw uh, used tampons at my head. Uh, and I'm... It, it, yeah, how did he get those? a little bit too real over here, babe? Uh, and the uh, guy in my resource class uh, who thought I was too smart to have a learning disability and threatened to kill me. Yeah, this is kind of... This is nice. This is nice. Oh, I'm getting a little real. Bringing it back. Okay, let's let's dial it back a little bit and disseminate 
the information that you need to know about us and our fun projects going around right now. Um, uh, first off, <laughs> uh, I'd like to announce that uh, Shannon, the resident author, the author of the Department of the Arcane books, and coming soon, co-author with Marissa of uh, a fun new project called The Experiments. Uh, is no, we're changing the name. Working through, <laughs> is after twenty some years, we've changed the name. She is uh, writing books still and uh, working through a traumatic past. Uh, tell them about it, Jen. Well, you can help fund my therapy by going to schuffrights.com and uh, looking through the store. I've got my books there. Uh, I will also have links to my T Public store, which I am adding new things to, or you can look for SC Huff Rights on T Public. Uh, I'm working on a bunch of weird new things. Or you can click on the Amazon link in the show notes and uh, pay for them there. Or uh, you can find me and Marissa. We will be out in the middle of the desert drawing a uh, seal of Solomon to rise the Babylon woman so that we can then thus create the moon child. And Tons of peyote. And usher in on the seal of Metatron. Oh my God! It's in the book of the keys of Solomon. I marked it with those little post-it note things. The purple ones or the green ones? The red ones. Oh shit! We gotta cut this quick because now apparently someone is summoning a demon. She doesn't know how to handle. Okay. Uh, also, she's an artist too. Uh, she does arts commissioned and. Um, uh, did a neat little uh, drawing of me as a pickle. It's Marissa. He's my pickle. I, I summon demons with pencil computers. And I can summon you a demon, too. It, my, my, my link's in the show notes. I'm not, I'm not saying it again. I'll get it wrong. <laughs> Find all the bullshits in the gear's show notes. <laughs> I, I exercise my demons in the form of art. You know, um, you say that but I actually have a friend who makes those as a sticker for that. I will actually have to talk back about getting that for you. Uh, now, and now we take you last to our producer and the head of the, the head of the CEO of the uh, medicinal mass network, Valentine tell you all about his other podcast projects and uh, sex books. Yes, uh, just a humble sex worker here, uh, <laughs> trying to make a buck, you know? <laughs> oh my god, that's right, you are a sex worker now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a sex worker now, not a trafficker, nope, not unless I'm uh, in charge of an orgy, but nope, just a humble sex worker. Go ahead and click on uh, one of my links and uh, pay for one of those shitty books, it'll help uh, help give me some more money to, to uh, make some more sex stuff. So as a you, folks, I, I have as an samples, author, can I, I, I heard samples of this stuff? We'll it is truly you, a book. We will make you. It will make you wet. <laughs> it will just get you uh, wet. Or as an author, I would tell you to. Or, you on know, the brain, maybe. We'll give you a brain erection. A brain erection. A mind. A mind orgy. A mind. A mind orgy. A mind orgasm. Okay, let's give our final verdict on DPO. Let's see. This one is pretty forgettable, uh, but it does have Jack Black, so I'm going to give it one power slide and a cock push-up. Oh, uh, well, you can only do one. Well, you only need one. Only really need one. Uh, Shannon? 
Oh, I'm sorry. I got distracted by the things in our Discord chat. Um, I am going to go ahead and give this a massive auditing session. Want to know what this episode's crimes are? <laughs> it needs to tell me what its crimes are. I, I give this episode uh, because I like it, but even though it's full of uh, lazy tropes, it's, it's the beginning of a bad pattern. I still like the episode, so I'm going to give it four out of five on-shot scenes where he's using his uh, lightning power to light a bong. You know he was. Like, you know that he was heating up bong water with that lightning. <laughs> hey, hey, dude, check this out. Hi, Zero, check it out. <laughs> they go through so many bongs. <laughs> that is so cool, bro. And, uh, Valentine? Uh, yeah, this was, this was decent. I'll give this three... Sloppy Jack Black BJ's. Oh, yeah. Ugh, it just that doesn't seem very satisfying. I, you know what? I feel like having listened to a lot of Tenacious D, I feel like he's a he's a kind and considerate lover. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he'll cut the balls. <laughs> Zanzibar. All right. Um. Uh, that is just about it for the FBI basement. I'd like to remind you that we come to you. Every time episode comes from the Medicinal Mass Network, and you should uh, donate to our Patreon if you wish. But as always, your listening is enough. Give us some five star reviews, make it easier for us to find us. Follow us on all the social media bullshits. Which you can find in the show notes. SC Huff at SC Huff Writes, at Todd on Fire, at FBI Basement, uh, at Odd Eye Delight. Just find us and follow us and. Uh, Send us cute memes. If you like dogs, definitely check out my Instagram because I have dogs on my Instagram. A dog. I think he's dead now. Watson, are you dead? Watson. Tune in next week. Join us next week when we get to one of the best episodes of this season. Possibly um, of the series. So I'm going to go ahead and just do the uh, preview. And Todd, you're going to help me, right? If we do this. When you're blue and you can go to fashion sets. Yeah, join us for Clyde Bruckman's final repose, and we're getting that one out of the we're getting that reference out of the way. Because please remember Peter Boyle for more than that. Okay. <laughs> so I guess there's nothing left to say, but thank you for listening, and the truth is out there. Cry check you later. Bye. Titties. And scene. Hi, Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. Get over here! <laughs> oh, God. Jinx, you owe me a Coke.